cash away. But you won't take my land from me. Welcome back Buried to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment featuring interviews with guests lay. who are having success now in entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak talking to Where guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net or instead of email, you're welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who just won the 2022 International Singer Songwriters Association's Music Video of the Year. He had also been a finalist for three other ISSA awards. He has performed at CMA Fest as well as the Key West Songwriters Festival and will even be playing next month in Denmark. He has released three songs so far this year and has a new album coming next month. And country music fans are listening to his music to the tune of more than 17,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, where one of his songs alone has been streamed over 100,000 times. He is the owner and founder of Bangtail Whiskey, and music-wise, has a NASCAR connection that we will hear about today, and is even a member of the Texas Country Music Association. You've been hearing a song of his called Take My Land. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Brandon Bing. Hey, what's going on, Bruce? How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. Brandon, thank you for making time to talk with me today. It's standard operating procedure on the show to start out by having the guests talk about the song of theirs that was playing during the intro. So, Brandon, in your case, share with the audience all about Take My Land, especially since I was talking over it and stepping on the lyrics as a result. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I wrote that record. Um, it's, it's been one that was kind of a long time coming. Um, you know, when you're writing songs, you uh, try to figure out the direction. You're trying to put a project. And I think sometimes as you're writing, um, you come up with certain things that are just super catchy, whether it's a hook or a certain line. And uh, that particular record was one of those where, you know, all the all the, the bones were there, but I didn't have, you know, all the meat on the bones, you know, and I was just trying to figure out where I was going to take that record. So I kind of tabled it for a while and circled back about a year later. Um, then I still wasn't really ready for it. And then years down the line, you know, it wound up being something that I was, I felt like at that point in my career as a, as a uh, songwriter and as an artist, um, it was the right time, you know, for the next, you know, project. And um, that's where Take My Land came from. It was actually a, uh, you know, real life experience of combination of just where I come from out of Sam Sewell, Florida. And, you know, just using that, that mindset of, you know, when you live out in the countryside, um, I think most people generally will go to live in those environments because they, want to have more, not just privacy, but just the freedom to, you know, be alone and, and be a little bit more self-sustained. And, you know, in this aspect, I was, I was actually at my house one morning and I saw these people, you know, my, my house is, my house in Florida is like about a mile off the, you know, off the main road. So, you know, you have to come down this trail and then once you get down, um, you know, the drive itself, it's probably another 100, 150 feet up before you get to my doorstep, you know? Hmm. And if people come into my, my property, just in general, I mean, even if someone's came to your house, you know, you're going to know if you have, if you're expecting company or a guest, right? Well, in this case, yeah, you know, being out there in a rural environment, there was these, these guys that came up and they parked their vehicle at the end of my drive. And I noticed on my uh, doorbell, you know, my, my ring doorbell, I was looking at the thing cause my dogs were going off and I had my truck parked out and they were just kind of like, they walked up and it was just kind of mischievous just the way they were just kind of like lurking around. Hmm. And then they just like kind of scaled my truck. And I was like, why, you know, who, you know, who's going to be scaling my truck on the, you know, on a Saturday morning. It just, it was just kind of weird. Anyway, make a long story short, you know, just like uh, one of those moments where I felt that I was being, my property was being violated because it was someone that I didn't, you know, expect there mm. and uh come find out there were actually a couple of jehovah witnesses that were just like trying to do whatever they do you know <laughs> and, uh i want to you know i grabbed my dogs I, I grabbed my dogs i grabbed my shotgun and i just kind of met them at the door 
And it was just like one of those moments where I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know you and I don't need to know you. I just know that you're trespassing on my property. You came on unannounced, you know, you went around my vehicle and like my mindset was like, you know, I'm going to take care of it, you know? And, um, you know, when they saw that, you know, they wound up stirring off, you know, I was like, you know, I can let these dogs out on you or you can get peppered by this, the shotgun, you know, you got a choice and it took off. And that was like what stimulated the idea. I literally that afternoon was just picking around on my guitar and I was like, what am I going to write next? You know? And, uh, it just kind of, I was like, man, I was so like boiling hot still a little bit, you know, I was just like so pissed off that somebody like came on and infringed unannounced and that's where take my line started. Wow. And the town itself is oh, pretty much a one light town, you know, just that, that, that road, uh, that main road. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just started thinking about the environment that was around there. And I put that, and that's how the chorus came together. And, and I was thinking about, you know, the the start of one of these rivers starts at the end of my property. There's literally like a culvert with like a little tributary that runs off, and it goes up to a dam, and it just cuts out um, over into this uh, body of water, and it runs out to the, the coastline, all the way to the, to the inlet, right? And... I back up in this wildlife management area to roughly about 300,000 acres of, of national forest, you know? Mm. So it's like, there's so much seclusion and the, the chorus, which that's where that, that chorus uh, came about with the, you know, pain in this muddy old Creek runs deep. Going to see if you drown, uh, should have never came drifting through this one light town, uh, gambler sitting on the corner, smoking handrail, two snake eyes, two night town, not meant for one, try to take my land, you'll lose your life. Mm-hmm. And and that's where that that was the I felt like that was the moment where I really found the the meat and potatoes of the of the of the record because yeah. it's so it's so daunting um, it's so heavy and then the verses just guided the rest of that storyline. There was just a little bit of like you know I guess it, creating that 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 environment, that moment for a listener of something that's just a little bit more vulnerable, um, skin crawling, you know, I, I really feel like one of my biggest skill sets as a writer is, is being able to really expose truths, um, of experiences and things like that, situations like mm-hmm. that, that a lot of other artists are, whether it's because of the fact of a label or just confidence, or even if it's just creative ability, maybe it's not something that's just in their in their realm, uh, being able to talk about. You know, I've been through a lot of things in my life, um, got a lot of crazy experiences and scars, and I feel like just like a onion where you pull it back one layer at a time, you know, I want to give the people that find my music and the people that support my music um, an opportunity to, to feel like they're a part of a real um, story on every level, like there's no stone left unturned. And yeah. some of the things that might be said lyrically and put together sonically um, might be very uncomfortable, but you know, you can't not respect me for telling you a truth. Well, and clearly that song is very personal to you. As you first started into it, the question started to percolate in my mind, did he write this by himself or did he have a co-writer? And the more that you unfolded the story for us, I thought, no, there's no question he wrote this by himself. But what I also liked is the fact that you talked about how you had written the song a few years ago and then put it aside, I think you said for a year, came back to it, and it never... Mm -hmm. But I love that you eventually finished it because so many songwriters get to that point where they start writing something and it's just not done and they just don't feel good about it and they put it to the side and they'll revisit it, and they'll revisit it, or they'll put it, and they never finish it. So I love that you came back around, despite how long went by, and you finished it after all. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things, just in general, in music. There's no real for everybody. You know, people come to me all the time. Um, other, you know, I've been I've been up in Nashville for going on five years, and um, I mean, I've done music throughout my whole life, you know, and different levels. But to get to this level, which is the highest level. Um, and competing in this space, trying to earn respect from other amazing, like some of the most amazing songwriters and artists that I've ever had an opportunity, including musicians to work with. Um, there's just that, it's like playing sports, you know, it's like, 
I'm a big Peyton Manning fan, big Colts fan. It's like, you know, Peyton would get up. I remember watching, he would get up at uh, 3 o'clock. I mean, Kobe Bryant did the same thing. I saw a thing the other day, and he was like, you know, you get up at 3 o'clock, you start from 4 to 6, come back, take a break. Mm. And then next thing you know, you go back, and it's like 9 to 11, come back, take a break. Wow. Do this, then go back, you know, 2 to 4, take a break, 6 to 9, come back, then you do it all over again, you're up at 3 o'clock again the next morning. And one thing that really stuck with me in that was there's a lot of, in Nashville and, 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 and a lot of other music scene, you know, Texas music scene and other places in LA, New York, et cetera, there's super talented um, vocalists, artists, uh, musicians, songwriters. What is, the, what is the one thing that makes them stand out amongst the rest, no matter what genre it is, to be in that top 100 or that top 40 or get that number one? It's they're willing to do anything and everything at all times to outperform and outwork the people that are in their realm. Mm. It's around them in that space. And that's just something that's always been a part of my personality and my character. Like I'm super competitive. Um, I le- I always treat everything like an opportunity to be a sponge. I never feel like I can't grow. Mm. I listen to people all the time, take bits and pieces from every conversation, every relationship that I build and find out where are the parallels and how does that impact, you know, my life? How does that impact the decisions that I make? And as a writer and as an artist, how does that cultivate and impact the brand and the market niche in country music that I'm trying to carve out to make a space that's going to make me have a sound that's going to be unique and different from all the other ones that have already done it. But also be respected by the ones that have pioneered country music to what we know to to this day. Yeah, you know from back when it started. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, outstanding, outstanding. Well, congratulations on all the new releases, and then there's more to come. Because tell us about the new album that you'll be releasing next month. What's the date? What's the title? How many songs will there be? Where was it recorded? Who produced it? All those details. Yeah. So. Um, the album, I have my first full-length album that's going to be coming out. Super excited about this project. Um, been a long time coming, you know, to figure out when was the right time to put out an album. And we're going to drop it September 30th, next month. The title of the album is called Huckleberry. Um, there's 10 tracks on the record. Mm. And I wanted to do something a little different because... A lot of artists have been coming out with double albums. Um, a lot of artists have, you know, I think sometimes people feel like they throw a little few extra tracks, like some B-side tracks. I didn't want to do that. I, I mean, obviously there's a there's an A and B side to this because something else that I'm going to be doing is uh, I'm really taking it, you know, back to the root and I'm going to be coming out with a gatefold uh, vinyl mm. uh, to accompany the project to really kind of put my mark in Nashville um, in Music City, you know, as a emerging artist um, with their first true full body of work. Wow. And I have a lot of other things that are going to be coming with that. But I want everybody that, you know, experiences this to see how much time and how much I, I, I put into the finite, you know, details. You know, I looked at, I scrutinized everything front to back on this project from the album art to the title of the record to the track listing to the, even the succession of the tracks on the listing, right? Mm. It's when you, when you, when you drop the needle in the groove of that vinyl, it's going to literally take you on a journey and every song from start to finish is going to connect and paint a picture and leave apart some, um, some exciting moments, some like shocking, like can't believe he actually did that moment. <laughs> um, some uh, like also some heartbreaking moments, um, really being more vulnerable in some of my personal relationships, exposing that to the audience as well. Wow. To see like what I came from, who has impacted me to this point, and. You know, I think those are things that 
audience deserves, you know? Outstanding. And I think a lot of people try to hold back, and I'm just not going to hold back. So uh, I work with Ken Royce, uh, Kenny Royster, uh, Direct Image Studio down here in Nashville, and um, also musicians. I have, by far, in my opinion, one of the best group of, you know, studio musicians I could ever ask for. I got um, on lead guitar. I got Kenny Chesney's lead guitarist, John Conley. I got uh, Nick Buda on drums. I got four-time world pianist of the year, uh, Mike Rojas on keys. Mm. I got uh, Brian McKnight's old uh, rhythm player. He also plays banjo and mandolin uh, on this. uh, John D. Willis. Um, I got Scotty Sanders on... um, on steel, on pedal steel. And I got Janae Fleener. She's three time DMA musician of the year on fiddle. She's played for Blake. I also have, um, Jason Aldean's session guitarist, Adam Schoenfeld, who plays lead for Tim McGraw on the road. Um, I got Tim, uh, Tim McGraw, Faith Hills, uh, background singer who also did all the harmonies on, uh, Blake Shelton, Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan's albums over their careers. Uh, Perry Coleman, and I got Dave Francis on bass, and um, I got TJ Clay on harmonica. Wow! So it's uh, what a lineup. Yeah, I mean they're just uh, when I say dream team, it's like <laughs> that's like your round one draft class. And, and I'm not saying I mean I mean there's other amazing musicians. Just like for me, for my style, for my for my songs, for my sound. I've just been very blessed to have the opportunity over the last four years of putting out music since 2019, you know, that I've been able to build that relationship with all of them. Um, and they've been consistently, you know, growing with me mm. and my sound and, you know, going through COVID over the last couple of years, I had opportunity to really self-reflect on who I am as a person uh, and also where I'm trying to go as a, as an artist and, you know, looked at my Hoss Nation brand, looked at my following, my demographics, looked at my sound. And I really feel like I dialed in on my sound. I really feel that I dialed in on, you know, my uh, persona of like, you know, true authenticity of like, Hey, like soup to nuts. This is every layer, um, being exposed and it's going to kind of, this project is kind of give a good tee up for a foreshadow of what's to come next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just coming to rock people's faces off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm here to do. Awesome. Awesome. And darn it, folks, I've got so many more questions for Brandon, my gosh, but I'm going to give him a chance to exhale, maybe drink some water or whatever. And I'm going to take this opportunity to once again, thank Focus Right for sponsoring this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. Their support of my show really means so much to me, and I hope you will recognize that and utilize their gear as a result, whether you're a podcaster or a musician. For the latter, you musicians out there, this week I want to mention one of Focusrite's audio interfaces called the Claret Plus. We're talking studio grade here, and this is for recording vocals and instruments. Plus, there are a few different versions of the Claret Plus to choose from, so you get exactly what's right for what you're doing. The Claret Plus range comes with a downloadable software bundle that's a combination of recording software, mixing plugins, and virtual instruments. The Claret Plus brings you greater dynamic range and lower distortion. Sound on Sound Magazine said that it, quote, stands up extremely well against seriously high-end equipment, end quote. Find out more about the Claret Plus from Focusrite. On my show website, nhte.net, you will see an ad for the Focusrite Vocaster. Tap or click on that to go over to the Focusrite website to get all the details about the different versions of the Claret Plus. The ad is in the right-hand column on desktop or on mobile. Scroll way down below the social media icons to see it and go over to the Focusrite website. Brandon, I had mentioned all the new releases that you've been putting out, the singles this year, but as I mentioned in the intro, there's something very, very recent to applaud you for, which is having won the 2022 International Singer-Songwriters Association's Music Video of the Year, not to mention having been a finalist for three other ISSA awards. Talk about winning that award, though, as well as the video itself, which, by the way, folks, 
I watched it. It has more than 24,000 views already in just over five months. It's really great. Brandon, where was that shot? Who worked on the video with you? And, and by the way, who is that couple that stars in the video? Yeah, um, so, you know, we shot the video. Uh, my buddy Wells, uh, Wells Tony, uh, company Welltail Media, uh, amazing cinematographer, um, and also his assistant uh, on this particular project, uh, Kevin Pohl. We went out to offsite location outside of Nashville in Franklin, mm. and we found this uh, old barn by the creek. It was literally called Barn by the Creek with the, <laughs> with the location. So I was like, when, when he was giving me uh, options, I remember sitting there telling Wells, I was like, he's like, I got these for you, Brandon. He's like, which one do you think? I was like, that one. And he was like, Barn by the Creek? I'm like, yeah, it reminds me of home. It just, mm. it was like one of those things where I just felt, you know, I always feel like everything that I've been given the opportunity for so far has been something that has come directly into, it's just so organic and I don't have to like force it. And that was just one of those things. As soon as I saw the name, I was like, that's me. Mm. And then when we get there, it was like, it was me. I was like super comfortable. Crazy enough, it was like, probably 19 degrees Whoa. while we were out there. Whoa. We were filming that. Yeah. Uh, I remember, uh, so um, there's a there's an artist that has been, you know, blown up. She's uh, signed under uh, Big Loud, um, you know, on the same roster with, you know, Morgan and, and Hardy and Larry Fleet and uh, Jake Owen, guys like that. Uh, Ashley Cook, uh, her sister, Jen Cook, was uh, the, the girl you know, that was playing the, the female role mm-hmm. in the music video. She's she's an actress here, um, you know, in town. I think recently she's been going out to L.A., uh, so she's been, you know, really killing it. And then also uh, Max, you know, he did the, the male role, um, Max Berry. So, you know, working with both of them was fun. Uh, we both, you know, froze our, froze our asses off for sure. And uh, <laughs> we, we just... We just found a way to just like, I don't know. I think we spent more time trying to rub our hands together. And uh, I remember Jen was trying to make TikTok content, getting us to dance around, mm. trying to find a way to uh, keep ourselves warm when it was 19 degrees. And um, but yeah, you know, Wells came out with such a great treatment, came up with a great storyline and depiction with, um, you know, with the the record itself, lockdown. And I just felt like that Jen and Max like really played the role of the couple real well. And I got to do a little cameo, you know, intro scene in there um, outside of, you know, doing my performance shots. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And I think what made it even more fun was, you know, I had all, my, all the extras that were in that video are good friends of mine. Uh. Yeah. I remember I was sending out, you know, the, the sheet call sheet, you know, and messaging everybody, you know, on social media and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, anybody want to be in the video tomorrow? Blah blah blah. Thinking, you know, I told I told Wells, he's like, you think you're gonna get some some extras? Like, I can get some. I said, uh, yeah. And then when I wasn't really hearing back from people, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I just put my foot in my mouth. But uh, it actually wound up working in my favor, and it was just. It just showed there again, you know, just like earlier, I was telling you, I'm so grateful. I, I was definitely like blessed to see like, you know, how many good friends that I have. Um, you know, I had friends that like either got out of work early or took the day off and, you know, and they came out there and, you know, they drove basically roughly 45 minutes to an hour mm. just to get to the set, you know, and with everything going on in the economy and the gas prices and, people too and stuff what they're doing as we're, as we're getting back to normal here you know it meant a lot to me because i was like man you know they did that and didn't expect nothing in return they just wanted to be there to support me and be a part of that and uh um i'm thankful that they were because you know we came home busting hardware you know back to nashville something that uh super proud to have been able to build and, and do with wales and, and kevin and, and well media and all my friends and you know jen and max and uh, my buddy Ryland, who played fiddle in the uh, video as well. So it was just a great time, man. And uh, the video came out, you know, a lot better than um, I anticipated because I just didn't know, you know, what to expect, you know, with that record. Well, and it probably made it even more enjoyable winning the award for it. And 
for all those folks to drive all that way, as you mentioned, and give up their time and the economy and stuff. But the fact that it was so cold also, so at least it made it more tolerable that, you know what, it was a tough day for everybody, but hey, we won a a great award here for it. Yeah, yeah, I brought the Bentail whiskey out. Uh, We we brought the uh, propane tanks with the, uh, the little, like, room heaters, and we're all standing around there like a bunch of... Eskimos inside of an igloo trying to keep warm. <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was funny. It was uh, it was funny. It was it was a good time though, man. So before we keep going, clarify this for me. You're calling in from Nashville, and you did mention the property in Northeast Florida. So do you live in Nashville, or are you just there right now? Do you have the place in Nashville and in Florida? Like, what's the deal there? And then also, for that matter. How is it that you're also a member of the Texas Country Music Association? Have you worked and spent time there also? Yeah. Because I noticed in that lockdown video that you're wearing a jacket that clearly says Texas on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, you know, with that, I, you know, again, just like, you know, I, I'm just another layer, you know. Uh, I'm from Florida and uh, still got my house down there. I'm actually in the process of converting that house um, on that property into a, a songwriter's retreat. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm doing, uh, so I'm, I'm super excited. It's been a lot of fun working on it and just getting all the things, you know, set up. I just got the, the, the fence put in and, you know, just, uh, just watching step by step is just so cool because what it's going to be and the, you know, all the stuff that I've put in it thus far is just going to be something that's going to be a place where there's going to be a, a lot of tremendous music that's going to be made, a lot of memories, um, I'm super happy and excited that it's in like, you know, my town, like, you know, where I'm from and like being a part of that community, you know? Um, but also I got my solar company with my buddy, Steve, uh, down there, all American solar. And then my whiskey, uh, company Bangtail spirits with my distiller, you know, Jose Aponte. And so, uh, you know, I go down there and I make sure that I do whatever I have to do on the, the day-to-days whenever I'm back in town for a few days, a lot of stuff I can do remote because we got a really good uh, staff of employees, um, you know, they're running the day-to-day operation. So it gives me the freedom to focus on the music. Um, I'm also going to be opening an office up here as well for the solar company. So, mm. you know, that'll be another, you know, uh, direct, you know, correlation to me living up here and, and bringing a little bit of Florida to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> just like my whiskey got up here recently as well. Um, and then the Texas thing, you know, a lot of my music sonically is, you know, Texas. It's like if you take the best way I can describe it, take Texas red dirt and outlaw country and then just mix it with this like Southern rock, hard rock, you know, vibe. Um, it's just, you'll, you'll hear a lot of those elements. So again, that allows someone that doesn't know my music or know me to really get to kind of get to know my personality, like what type of musical tastes I had growing up um, by seeing how I was able to, you know, package that all together and and still keep it, you know, country uh, with the real instruments and things like that. Um, And yeah, I've been in Abilene, played down at Hefts, been in Fort Worth, uh, did a writer's retreat down there in, uh, in Dripping Springs outside Austin, and I'm working on putting a whole run of shows um, between, you know, probably going to be, I mean, if I can get any shows that I can scoop up between now and the end of the year, I definitely will. But I'm trying to get on some of the festivals down there and wow. do a, a run of shows down there next year. Wow. Um, and then, you know, just a lot of the guys that are, you know, a lot of my buddies that are in that Texas music scene, you know, like um, in Coe's Camp and Colby Cooper, you know, Coe Wetzel, um, Pecos Hurley, you know, um, just a lot of those guys, Chris Colston, you know, they're all in that, uh, you know, that realm, in that realm up there in, in Texas. Um, okay. One of my buddies, uh, you know, Jackson tour manages uh, Cody Johnson, and you know, my buddy Ian Munzik's been going down there quite a bit. So, like, just really just building those, you know, relationships and um, try to add another layer to the to the equation. I guess when it comes down to, you know, that that specific niche of yeah you know texas and uh country music right yeah gotcha gotcha well let's have you share with us brandon about your experience as an independent artist and how you brand yourself so like basically like you know if you want to go like when it comes down to that you know like my branding is pretty straightforward you know 
it's definitely a really raw, you know, demographic. Um, a lot of blue collar, um, a lot of bikers, you know, I get, a, I get a lot of bikers that come to shows. I get a lot of, uh, military guys. Um, but it's just like those, you know, it's, it's those individuals, those like ranchers, those, those, uh, just like those good old boys. I mean, that's really what it is. If I'm going to use like a general term, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a good old boy kind of demographic. I got, honestly, I probably got more of a male listenership because of that. Cause it's like something that's like, just like hard, like more, um, like gritty and just in your face, you know, it's, it's they, that, that crowd that comes to my show is definitely a rowdy crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that kind of tied in directly when, so Cody Johnson, I remember I was sitting down one day when I was trying to figure out like a fan base, Cody Johnson came up with an idea where he did, uh, took his initials from his first and last name and made Kojo, D-O-J-O, Kojo Nation. And that was his fan base. And, I remember uh, sitting with, you know, one of my buddies, Lee, uh, and me and him were sitting down one night, and I was just like thinking about what I was going to call mine. And I remember he's like, come on, let's, let's go do this. And we were, I think we were going to watch like some Andy Griffith at his, at his apartment. It was kind of funny. And then I was like, that's what it is, Lee. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I said, Hoss Nation. And it just kind of stuck, man. It was like yeah. a nickname because a lot of people always called me Hoss. I'm a bigger guy, uh, you know, a little burly. You know, and, um, but it's just, uh, and then, you know, you also got that, that parallel that so many people that, you know, from Dukes to Hazard to Gunsmoke to Bonanza, like all the shows where you had Hoss in it, <laughs> you know, over the years. And, um, yeah, I, I remember I went through that process and I came up with Hoss Nation and that's my fan base. And that's cool. Uh, you know, I got Bangtail Whiskey which ties into rodeo, uh, rodeo scene, you know, um, I was, I was picked up to be a part of the, you know, Stetson and, and resist all, uh, you know, team, you know, as an artist, you know, with RHE Hatco. And so I'm excited to be building that relationship with them inside like the different NFR, PRCA, PVR, like rodeo events in the coming year. Um, and yeah, just kind of, that's that, that's what that demographic that that listenership is. Gotcha. And it's kind of like those guys is just like we, they break their backs. Like they're doing everything they can for their families and they're never taking mm. no for an answer. They're always, you know, coming and trying to figure out like, what's the next thing I do. So I keep leveling up. It's like, we all like the people that listen to me, like it, you'll see those crowds. They're always like pushing each other to get to another level. Like it's just like a, it's a village. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's almost like a modern, it's almost like a modern day militia. I like it. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's fun, man. And that's what it is. And that's what it's going to be. I'm joined today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player, Brandon Bing. Visit his official website at brandonbingmusic.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On his website, you'll see not only a list of upcoming shows so that you'll know where you can go see Brandon perform live, but there are also icons there to connect with him on social media, specifically Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, although I should note that you can also find Brandon on TikTok as well. Do join the more than 17,000 who are monthly listeners of his by following Brandon on Spotify, but remember the best way to support him is by purchasing downloads of his music. There's a link on brandonbingmusic.com to get his original music from Apple Music. This episode is being released on the day that I will be flying overseas to do a speaking engagement in London, and then I will come back on Monday the 22nd, but go right back to the airport the next day to fly to Dallas. You would know all this already if you were getting the weekly e-newsletter that I send out every Wednesday because I put it all in there one week ago on August 10th as an exclusive for people who get that. If you're not receiving it, go to my show website, nhte.net, and pop in your email address to start getting that in your inbox in the middle of each week, absolutely free, of course. Brandon, before all that, you were telling us about branding, but for those who are just being introduced to you for the first time, let's kind of continue that in the sense of having you share with us about things like your personality and even artists that have influenced your career. Sure. Yeah, just like, you know, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm an only child, and uh, mm. I was one that just, I surrounded myself with, you know, my my friends were like my brothers and sisters, so 
I was always in a space between, you know, my friendships and also playing sports throughout the years. Um, like I mentioned earlier on, you know, always being super competitive. Um, and I think that's, that really contributed to a lot of my work ethic. You know, if there's something that needs, you know, if there's a problem, I'm going to find a solution. I'm not going to add or be a part of the problem. I'm going to find a solution. I'm going to be, you know, the head of the body leader, the team mentality. Like, you know, you got, you got sheep, so, you know, you got sheep, you got wolves. One's led to solder. One's going to come out on top. And mm. I'm going to do everything I can, you know, from the standpoint of like that whole, you know, um, apex, you know, that alpha mindset, you know, I, I'm always going to be the one that's willing to, to, to take the, the beating and the brunt of things like to, and put myself in the front of confrontation of a situation to, to resolve it because I always look out for those around me. You know, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, I said, you know, I, I meet people all the time. You meet so many people just like yourself when you go out and do these interviews and you meet people on the road, uh, you have people you work with, you know, um, and people you build, you know, friendships or other, you know, business relationships with. I tell people, you know, I say, you know, there's, I'll give you a share off my back, the last penny in my pocket, but there's three things that you don't ever do to me. And that's number one is, you know, you don't mess with my friends, family, or loved ones. Number two, you don't mess with my money. And number three, you know, you don't lie to me. And I feel like that's just something I've always kind of held to me. And I remember too, I had a teacher when I was at Lake Brantley High School, uh, Mr. Hillman in my history class. I used to sleep in his class all the time, get insubordination notices, mm. referrals. I called my parents, you know, I was a great student, had a, you know, a 3.83 GPA, like, you know, took all honors in AP, played sports, did clubs. Like I was like the all around, like well-rounded, like student, right. You know, never missed a day of school, but I just like, I was always so go, go, go. My mind was always in 50 million different directions. I would always like get bored and, you know, I was always trying to find something else to intrigue me. And so a lot of times because I was doing these other things, like, you know, you got so overwhelmed with like your schedule being so busy, you slept, you know? Mm. And I remember my teacher looked at me, he was like, you know, Mr. Bing, you keep sleeping in my class. And I was like, well, I said, I was just taking a nap, you know, and I put my, my MP3 player on in my ears. And I remember one time he tapped on my desk and he looked at me, he asked me like two questions back to back and I answered them and I had the correct answers. And he came back and he was just like, day after class. And he gave me another insubordination notice. And he was just like, you know, your level of disrespect. And I was like, well, sir, I said, with all due respect, I said, I'm not trying to disrespect you. I said, you know, I'm taking a nap just so I can make sure I can be productive. And I'll never forget this conversation. I told him, I said, you know, you're mad at me and call me insubordinate when I'm the one, every time you wake me up, I have the right answer. So am I not following the curriculum or am I not following the curriculum? And he was like, well, now you're being disrespectful because now you're assassinating me. And I was like, well, that wasn't my intent. I'm just being honest with you. Mm-hmm. So what you're telling is me, so what you're telling me is you wanted me to not be honest with you and be transparent. You wanted me to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. So then he wound up taking a step back. He said, Mr. Bing, I'm giving you one piece of advice. He said, I understand that you do all this in class. I understand you do these things. He said, but... Anytime you come and someone asks you a question and you're trying to refute it, you're coming up with an excuse. Hmm. And I was like, I, it, it never dawned on me like that, you know, cause I was like, I'm not coming up with an excuse. I'm just telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. And at that point he looked at me and said, you know, Brandon, he said, no excuses, just results. Mm. And it was just one of those things that kind of stuck in me. Wow. And I've used that forever for the last, you know, since I got out of, you know, from that point forward till yeah. now, you know, wow. anything I do, any, any business, any endeavor, you know, he reaches out to me like once or twice a year, like Christmas and New Year's checks on me, mm. texts me here and there, you know, and it's just one of those relationships. Like we don't talk outside of that, you know, but we always stay in contact once a, once or twice a year. And it was just one of those uh, teachers that had a major impact yeah. on who I am. And I think that's things that like a lot of people, forget is that there's you know family is one thing uh but there's also people in your schools and things like that that really have an impact on your development and because i was the only child always having to do things and people thinking i was spoiled because oh you, you don't have any siblings you don't know what it's like to share it's like no i had to hustle my ass off and and fight claw tooth and nail to make it work you know my, my parents didn't 
don't give me any low hanging fruit. I wasn't a trust fund or a silver spoon fed baby. Like everything I got, I earned on my own. And I try to take that transfer of emotion and, and work ethic and apply that, you know, to mentor and inspire the people below me in my nice. solar company and my whiskey company and the music. Like, and anywhere I go, I never sit there and make any excuses as to why I can't get to know somebody. I never meet a stranger. And I'm never going to sit there and back down from any situation. Like, you can sit here and ridicule me. You can sit here and try to derail me. Good luck, because if you do, if you try to, I'm going to eat you alive because I'm an animal. Now let me jump in right here because you just mentioned your whiskey company and your solar company. And so I want to have you share with us about your entrepreneurial spirit and even community involvement. Yeah, so I do a lot. Uh, you know, my, I've been in the solar business since I was uh, for 11 years, like 22, 23 years old. All American Solar, uh, my buddy Steve Lorenz and I, we built that business from the ground up. We got you know, almost 28 employees. Um, wow. You know, we've been a top contractor in the state of Florida. I've been in national press through Yahoo Finance and some other publications in finance um, as a finance guy and an and a, uh, and an owner. Um, you know, we built an endowment fund at the University of Florida, which uh, this coming October, um, I did the first building. We have a 90-acre grass-fed cattle ranch at the University of Florida next to the equestrian center uh, that has a uh, bunkhouse. They built a, a classroom building, and we've been you know, given like $50,000 in scholarship, you know, scholarships each year over the last five years. Mm. And, um, you know, so I think we raised just shy or, or, or right at like $250,000 roughly, um, over that period of time. And what's been uh, awesome is, you know, I, I never in a million years ever fathomed that being a, uh, you know, a business owner of a solar company and doing country music and doing whiskey that it would tie together and strangely enough, it does because <laughs> all my ingredients for my uh, my whiskey are all locally sourced from local farmers around Florida. Uh. Um, and, you know, uh, I tell people this. I mean, the numbers kind of change here and there. But the last time I checked the numbers, it was like 2.6% of the U.S. population is in farming. You know, we got just over like 349 million Americans in, in the United States. And we're the 11th, uh, you know, largest waster at like $218 billion a year mm. in food, you know, and you see, you know, farm practices being destroyed because of, you know, big packing companies, big farmers that are coming in and taking out the small farmers. And, you know, so that program at university of Florida is with 4-H and what's really unique about it is these students that are going through the 4-H program coming to UF, the ones that qualify and get the scholarships are going into forestry preservation, large animal veterinary medicine, you know, hydroponics, aquaculture, uh, you know, cage-free, you know, poultry, uh, working with native plants, you know, and there's all these different um, areas, you know, horticulture, you know, within farming and ag. And, again, that comes full circle because a lot of my demographic is from the farming, ranching, blue-collar community. They listen to country music. They support farming. They support military. You know, uh, they, they love the storytelling. Um and it's been it's been so cool to see how that has just manifested to where it is. And we got our first building this October during the University of Florida LSU game. That's going to be doing a ribbon cutting mm. uh, for for us to have our first building on the campus in our name. Wow, so, so cool! So it's a huge honor. Yeah, and I think that's something else that's just kind of really pushed me uh, to just keep leveling up. Like every time I hit one benchmark goal, I'm like, what's the next thing? What's mm. next? What's next? I love like, it. How much more are we going to, and we're just going to keep push, 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 because at the end of the day, Bruce, I'm not here to just make a little, put a little jingle in my Wranglers. I'm not here to just, you know, get a number one. I'm not here to just build a business. I'm, I'm here to build an empire. Wow. You wow. know, and I got 30 years in the tank to do that, you know, and, I, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't say his name and I won't steal your thunder. So, Tell the audience who I was referring to in the intro when I mentioned that you have an association with a NASCAR legend, as well as how meeting him and doing that project influenced your career and increased your exposure. Yeah, so uh, it was a couple, about two, man, it's been longer than that, three years ago. Uh, I was introduced, actually a girl that was trying to sell like an insurance policy or something to, to like my solar company for me and my, my business partner. Uh, through New York Life, and then I wound up going to this meeting with her, and I got introduced to a gentleman by the name of Bob uh, Crumroy, 
and he's with a foundation called Bikes for Kids, and it supports basically like Title One schools. So these students like that are going to Title One schools, a lot of these kids don't have, you know, they come from like a single parent household. Uh, maybe one's incarcerated. Maybe they're you have know, a single mom or father. Maybe one passed away. Mm. Bottom line is a lot of them come from like a poverty stricken or oppressed background where, you know, they get free lunch and usually whatever meal they get for the day is like the only meal that they're ever going to eat for the day. Mm. You know, just because of the uh, there's like 20. I think there's like if I recall correctly, don't quote me on it, but I think it was like 21 like Title One schools like in the Central Florida area that they were coming around. Like there's just tremendous amount of these schools around the nation and um richard petty what you know the king of nascar he you know partnered up with them he has victory junction uh. up in uh random in north carolina outside of greensboro and so i got to go to a consortium group and i was offered the opportunity as a songwriter to uh, write the song for a children's book called faraway soldier that you can get on um you know uh, Amazon and, and you know, uh, other online download sources, or you can even request or buy hard copies. But the they put it in the curriculum of some of these uh, schools for these students at elementary school because they figure between third and fifth grade is the pivotal time that these students are going to be impacted on personality traits and character as far as growth, like understanding, like, socioeconomic levels and where they really are and, like, what's possible you know, how they can identify goals and get to a certain space of like where they're going to move forward in the educational process, like when they go to high school or if they're going to go to college or trade school. And they wanted to have this, this, uh, these books to be a curriculum to help these students learn certain key like life skills and principles um, so that they're more equipped um, and, and prepared for where their futures take them and they can make the best of themselves to be, you know, the next, you know, doctor, lawyer, welder, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I wrote the song and the, and the book, this particular book in the series was called Faraway Soldier. And it was about like a boy who, you know, basically his father was deployed, his mother and his grandma were at home. And so he had to uh, take on and, and, you know, wear the, the pants, be the, the you know, the, the man of the house and put on his dad's boots and run the household and, and look out for his mama and his grand and his grandma. And, uh, you know, not knowing if his dad was going to return. And so that's what the song was about. And I just, I read the book and wrote the song and then the, uh, it's got picked up by different branches of the military with the USO, mm. um, NASCAR, Steven Moffat, all those guys, you know, Richard, they all love the record. Um, I got a lot of support in the NASCAR community trying to build that relationship, you know, mm. and further that one as well. And, um, man, it's just been, again, an honor uh, to have something that I was a part of on behalf of the Bikes for Kids Foundation with Rob Crumroy, with Richard Petty and NASCAR, our U.S. military for all the soldiers in different branches that are constantly out there, male and female, sacrificing for our freedom to give, you know, me, you, and everybody else that we know here on American soil the opportunity to, um, you know, start a business or you know, chase a dream or a passion like music, like I do, or, you know, anything else that they, they fathom. And, um, yeah, man, it was, a it was a lot of fun. I got to meet him and we hit it off good. And, you know, I'm just hoping that to, uh, further that relationship and see what else I can do, uh, to be a part of that, that NASCAR community and, uh, our military community. So we've heard about the solar company. We've heard about the whiskey. We've heard about the project that you just described there that you did with Richard Petty. I realize that you have the new album coming out next month, but looking ahead, what do you have planned in terms of future projects and goals? Um, so like really right now, I've been working with my team up here, um, just really trying to think about, like I'm already I'm already into the next project. I've already, I actually just cut six new songs. Mm. Um, but I just got back last month, a few weeks ago. And, you know, those songs are already putting me a project ahead of the album that's coming out. You know, I, I always like to be prepared. And like I said, you know, to, to make it in this game of, of one percenters, you know, especially in country music, which is so, um, such a small tight knit, uh, you know, family and, and industry, you gotta, you gotta go above and beyond the call of duty at all times. 
And the only way I was going to do that is by making sure I'm always raising the bar on myself lyrically, uh, musically, uh, performance-wise, and also from everything from my merchandise. I got a whole line of – I'm going to be making my own line of uh, merchandise for Hoss Nation. It's going to be a full apparel line. Mm. So I'm super excited about building that. Um, with the Bangtail Whiskey, I got uh, whiskey finish uh, cigars that I'm in the process of, of making as well and uh, a bourbon. So I got other products to expand spirits. Um, I'm going to be, you know, I got shows being booked. I'm booking more shows. I'm looking to get on bigger festivals next year. I'm looking to play festivals in other states next year. I'm looking to set up, you know, the goal is if I can get somewhere between 40 to 50 shows and maybe four to six uh, festivals. I mean, obviously those numbers can, can vary a little bit because I don't know what to expect with some of the provisions still in place with, some of the precautions from COVID sure. state by state. So there is going to be a little bit of a, a curve to that, but ideally if the chips fall where they lay and it's a perfect world, then I would have, you know, 40 to 50 shows on the books. And like I said, four to six festivals, I think that would keep me busy for six months on the road. And then I could take six months and, you know, go back and just do that shed work, you know, uh, put my, put my uh, head, you know, with the pen and paper and, you know, bust out my guitar and start coming up with new songs. Um, I'm already working on that. I also uh, got some other things I'm working on in the filming world. I had a film, I had a movie that I was in, Eye for Eye, that I was uh, in with John Savage that that uh, has won multiple awards already under um, the, you know, independent film world. And I'm, I'm working on getting on uh, some other roles and some other films and show projects. So those are some things I'm working on behind the scenes. Wow. Uh, so we'll see, you know, what opportunities present itself there to expand, not just being an entre- serial entrepreneur and a singer songwriter and artist, but also to be an actor um, slash model. Mm. Um, so I got those things coming on the horizon and just tightening things up with the band, uh, new merchandise. Um, like I said, the vinyl, more music, uh, working on more music videos, and, you know, trying to just tour and meet as many people as I can around the United States and beyond wow. uh, overseas, you know, to, to really, like, kick this thing up a notch and, and show people that I'm, I'm here for the long haul. Wow. Just terrific. Just terrific. We're going to close today with another one of Brandon's original songs, which is another one of the singles that he has released this year, a track called Blue Collar Swaller. Brandon, before I let you go and I play that, share with us first all about this song. Yeah, so uh, this record, funny thing about this record was uh, I was back in Florida, in Volusia County, where I'm from, and we went to Daytona. I went to the band show. I wrote this record. The the original record was actually called Blue Collar Tough. And then my buddy Jeffrey Ham, a good friend of mine, he, you know, I always wanted to write a song with him. And he's not in the music business uh, like I am, but he's super talented. And um, he came up with the progression on the guitar uh, for it. And, you know, we just had the opportunity. We were sitting down. I was just going through songs. We were thinking of songs up in his office at his house up here in Nash. And we just couldn't figure out something. I was like, hey, man, I got this song. He said, what you got? I said, man, it's half written already. I just really need to put a bridge and finish it out and uh, figure out this guitar part. And, uh, yeah, you know, we cranked it out in like 30 minutes. And, it's become like a little bit of a semi-viral hit, kind of cool, and uh, been a lot of fun, a little swampy. And then uh, I was actually with uh, Brian Kelly from, you know, BK from Florida Georgia Line. I had a, I had a song that called Yipikayeo that he had, you know, shared uh, a response to because um, he really liked the record. And I had a chance to go meet him when he was doing his first solo tour called the Made by the Water Tour um, in Daytona Beach at the band show met up with him. He had flowed down uh, the legend Zeb and the J Creek Hoggers. He flew down Zeb and, and Kim from, uh, you know, Waynesville, North Carolina. And they were at a show and when he was playing the song Beach Cowboy, you know, then they were clogging on the, on the stage and they had gone viral because my buddy Ryan Charles had a video called New Goofin. And that's how that all tied together. And it just went all over. Everybody started putting other songs over Zeb just clogging. Mm. And then I posted the video. Me and uh, his and Miss Kim started communicating. And next thing you know, 
Wells. We went up and shot the Take My Land video up in uh, Maggie Valley. And that's where we were going up there to shoot because he was like, hey, you want to do something outside of Tennessee? I'm going to be in Franklin and, and, and Charlotte. I got to shoot a wedding. You know, let's, uh, if you're down, I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to go to an offsite <laughs> location. Let me put the rest together. And it just kind of did its own thing. And I really was going to go to the stomping grounds, which is where we shot the video, um, just to have them do a few snippets of them dancing to the record. And then I was just going to make some real content mm-hmm. and just post the reels. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't even supposed to be, it wasn't even on the, the, the treatment or the shot list to be a music <laughs> video at all. And then Wells starts shooting footage and the cloggers come, everybody meeting everybody. We're having a great time. I'm dancing. They're dancing. We're, you know, this and that and third. And, um, make a long story short, you know, all of a sudden Wells pulls me aside. He's like, yo, he's like, bro. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, man, he's like, we got a whole video here. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, we didn't. He's like, dude, he's like, I got enough content, like, and footage that literally, you know, because you sang the song while they were dancing, he's like, I just piece this stuff together and make a music video out of it. And we'll do two videos while we're up here. I'm like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, man. I was like, hell yeah. And that's what it was, man. And Blue Collar Swallow was born and the legend Zeb is, is growing all over the place. I'm super happy for him and his wife, Ashley, and, uh, you know, his mom, Kim. And, and uh, you know, it's just it's just awesome. Mr. Perry, you know, and uh, it's just cool. They're great people. Community is awesome. Uh, they're like family to me now. And uh going to be coming to hopefully see them soon again. And uh, But, yeah, that's what Blue Collar Swallow is. And it's been a lot of fun watching that video just pop off. I love it. I love it. Brandon, so great to talk to you. We covered so much today. Congratulations, all the singles that you've released. Folks, you heard he's got the new album coming out next month. Congratulations on the building that you'll have the ribbon cutting for in October. Heck, even the property in Florida and developing that into a songwriter's retreat. I really appreciate you making time to be on Now Here This Entertainment. Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate it, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I'll see you again. With that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Brandon Bing. Do please visit his official website at brandonbingmusic.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On September 9th, he will be performing right here in Tampa, Florida at the Dallas Bowl, and then he will be performing in Denmark. You can find details of Brandon's upcoming live shows on brandonbingmusic.com. This morning, I followed Brandon on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I know he would appreciate it if you would do the same. There are links for all those on his website where you'll also see the logo for YouTube, so you can go to his official channel and not only watch the video you just heard him talk about for Blue Collar Swaller, but also for Lockdown, the one that he won the award for, and he has other content on his YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to Brandon on YouTube, watch and like the videos on his channel, and don't forget to also look him up on TikTok. For that matter, let Brandon know that you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Yes, follow him on Spotify as well, but show your support for Brandon and all that he's creating by purchasing downloads of his music via the link on his official website that will take you over to Apple Music. A reminder about getting on the website for this podcast, nhte.net, and popping in your email address in the sign-up box to make sure you're getting the weekly e-newsletter so you can find out about the newest podcast episode each Wednesday as well as other goings-on. As I wrote in the August 10th weekly email, if you'll be in or around the downtown Dallas area next week, get in touch. I'm always eager to meet listeners of this show. That's going to do it for episode 444. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song by Brandon Bing. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Blue Collar Swaller. 98 degrees, roasting in the summer sun. Brandon Kyle, the boy, girl, you better get you on. Hard work, callous hands, he's in his element. He's a baddest some bitch, that's his testament. Blue Collar Swaller. On the farm all day long till the moon shines Monday, Thursday, he's a burly working five to nine When Friday rolls around Pick up, load it up, ready to throw it down Blue collar swallow Rednecks, roughnecks, spinning weekly paychecks Cash down, whiskey up, drinking grain and Dixie cups Out here in the hollers, spinning 
Fowler Swallow. Rednecks, roughnecks, spinning weekly paychecks, cash down, whiskey up, drinking rainy Dixie cups, out here in the hollers, spinning harder dollars. Damn Dixie Cup Out here in the hollers 